Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Hey, each day we've afforded ourselves one detour from the very, very heavy news uh, that has gripped the vast part of the program for the last uh, week to 10 days. Uh, And this is that part of the show. This is that part of the show. Here we are. For sure. Exactly. And what's Happy really special, here. yeah, what's really special is that my next guest and I have something in common, and that is that we have each solved the problem of airline boarding. He happens to be an astrophysicist who has studied the subject. I am a talk radio host who flies a lot, or at least I did up until COVID. Okay, so... uh, Whose plan would you like to hear first? Have we solved it? Because I've been flying a lot lately, and I I don't think it's solved. Okay, well, would you like to hear my proposal or that of Jason Steffen? I would like to hear your proposal first, My my proposal, and and but for the passing of Steve Jobs, I'm sure we would have achieved this Mm. by now. Go ahead. Uh, My plan calls for the complete reconfiguration of airliners as we know them. Your luggage in the final analysis will stay with you. No longer will you check a bag and everything that you're struggling to bring down the aisle so that you can then stuff it up above in the overhead bin. In in my way of thinking, you'll get to keep with you because I believe that fear of luggage separation, separation anxiety from your luggage is the root cause of boarding anxiety. And as long Maybe as we it's can the give cause of your boarding anxiety, what are you talking about? You just put it right above you. No, you don't. You no, know, you're always you got too much, and you don't want to check it because you don't trust them. And I understand that. But we're gonna we're gonna so hollow you're out. You're we're hollowing out Sounds the airliner. Cheap. We're hollowing it out, and and it, it might look a little funky, but you're gonna sit really close to your luggage, and uh, that's gonna make all all of the scheming that goes on. You know, the, the people who show up in a wheelchair because they need help boarding. But then when the plane lands, have you ever noticed they're the first out the door and they don't require even a cane? I think like we're going to get rid of all of that. Very interested to see what the actual astrophysicist thinks of, of the, your plan. And I would like to hear his plan. Thank you. Jason Steffen is an associate professor of physics at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And he joins me now. Professor, what do you make of my proposal? Sounds like a great idea. Are we going to have closets? Um, no, we're really not. I mean, it's going to be like an open air classroom type of configuration. You're going to see me. I'm going to see you. I'm going to see your bag. I'm going to see your carry on, but it's going to get you there without the hassle. Yeah. You could have maybe sit on your luggage or have the luggage on your lap. You might. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working on that too. So that's my plan. What's yours? Uh, well, so my plan came from 
some computer simulations I ran about a decade ago um, that look at what is it that really slows things down. Because when I first looked at it, obviously the best answer was to board the airplane from the back to the front. And uh, in studying it, I found that that was about the worst thing that you could do is board the airplane from the back to the front. So right now, I mean, it's the people who are in first class, they get to go first, and then there's boarding priority that seems to go exactly as you've just said, but you, you think that doesn't work. Why? So the reason it doesn't work is... Hey, you need to... St- can I... Can, can Professor, Professor, stay on that phone, because sure. you're fading in and out, and I want to hear every word you're saying. Okay. So the reason it doesn't work um, when you board from the back to the front is that what you end up doing is moving the line into the back of the airplane, and then only one person can put their luggage away and sit down at a time because you're going to have six people that are all trying to squeeze into the same row, and they need to use the same part of the aisle, and they need to use the same overhead bins. Um, The fastest way to board the airplane would be to have as many people as possible who can put their luggage away all at once uh, on the airplane at the same time. So you spread people out. People get on board um, who are sitting a little bit farther apart from each other so that everyone who's in the airplane can put their luggage away at the same time and sit down at the same time. Hmm. So what does that mean, that everybody in a window seat is going to get on at the same time? Yeah, so you'd have like everyone in a window seat, but maybe every other row. So you'd have all the even-numbered rows in the window seat. They would all get on at once. You have 15 people. They're all putting their luggage away. They all sit down. And you send in the next group of people that would be the odd-numbered rows in the window seat, and they would all put their luggage away at the same time, and they'd all sit down at the same time. Hmm. And eventually, so you work your way from the windows to the middle to the aisle, and uh, it it looks like it cuts the boarding down um, by about a factor of two from the experiments that we've run. Um, Oh, okay. And it's even than Southwest Airlines. So beyond the computer modeling, you've actually tried it? Yeah, I've tried it a couple times. Um, Hmm. Once was on a Hollywood soundstage uh, where they filmed (laughs) Airplane and a few other movies. Right. Um, We had a a number of extras come in and and do it. And another time there was a PBS show where um, my method was put up against Southwest Airlines method. And uh, I was faster than Southwest Airlines is the fastest basically in the industry, at least in the United States. And this method was about 30% faster than Southwest Air. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Smirconish program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Does your proposal require a different footprint in the airport itself? Because I'm I'm thinking this is a little complicated and maybe there's a staging area concern. Am I wrong? Uh, there would be a staging area, but it wouldn't be any different than, for example, what Southwest currently uses, where you stand next to a pylon that has uh, your boarding number on it. What right. it would do is it would mean that um, each individual passenger would be assigned a place in line based upon what their seat number was. Mm-hmm. And so you would just show up and you'd be like, okay, this is my seat, this is my place in line, and then you'd stand in your spot and then they would send you in. Uh, um, I don't know that, I mean, it would split people up who might want to travel together, although you can make adjustments for that. The main issue, the main reason that I looked at it in the first place was just to figure out what's the best way to do it not necessarily what's the most practical way to do it. Right. You anticipated my next question, which was, what about those traveling with kids, you know, families that, that want to stick together? I, I think that would be a fairly trivial thing to include incorporate. You just say, okay, if you're in a family, then you board together, and then you can make adjustments to how the other people stand. Um, the real benefit of knowing what the best method is is that you no longer have an excuse about, you know, there's always room for improvement. Because now you know what the best you can do is, and then you can evaluate, okay, here's where we currently stand, and then you know how much room there is for improvement. When I first heard you explain this, I was thinking that human factors would would make it impossible. But frankly, it's not like there's decision-making taking place among the traveler, the passenger. A computer is going to spit out your seat location, and based on that, determine in what order you should board. It's not as if I have to stand there and say, well, let's see, I'm in the 15th row and I'm in the middle. I guess this is where. No, no, no. I just like, as you point out on Southwest, I'll be told, here's your position in the line to get on board. Right. And I think that would simplify. um, If someone wanted to give it a try, that would be the approach that I would take um, to say, people just get there. Here's my ticket. Here's my place in line. I stand here. And they say, airplane's open, ready to go, and uh, people get on board. Are you getting any uh, truck with the airlines on this? Is anyone interested? Um, Over the years, there have been a few people who have expressed some interest, but none of them have really gone very far. Why not? Why why do you figure they wouldn't seize this? Um, I I don't know. I I don't want to presume. I think running an airline is probably not as trivial as... um, the armchair quarterback thinks it is. Um, but I, I suspect that some of it is just, this isn't what we do in the industry. And so we're not, you know, we're not going to worry about it. I know that there have been some um, airlines that have reopened, like let's do another study to see if, you know, how this works or how, 
I, not necessarily how my method works, but we should reinvestigate the approach that we're taking to boarding. Maybe we can slow things down um, or speed things up, uh, although it seems like they keep slowing things down. Um, you know, so I think it's most of it's probably just inertia that this is how we do things, and so we're going to keep doing it that way. Right. When And by the way, speaking of inertia, what I've noticed when I fly is, and because I, I, I do pay close attention to these things, I, the, the, the competence level of the, the gate agent, if that's the proper description, you know, there's such a variance there. And I notice that somebody who seems to like have their act together can keep it moving and, and get people to get on that plane. And others, they, they just are not so concerned about uh, making sure it takes off on time. At least that's my perception. Yeah, I suspect that, you know, as with every position that people get hired for, there's a distribution and competency that goes along with it. Um, it may also depend upon where, like, which airport, and you know, I can imagine there might be some local culture, like things in Las Vegas might be different, or Orlando might be different than things in Washington D.C. Right. Um, but and the the type of passengers that typically fly out of some places, like if you're flying from Salt Lake City to Orlando, then you're going to just you know be an airplane full of kids. Where if you're flying from New York to Washington, D.C., you're going to be a bunch of 30-something business people. Are we calling this the Stefan method? Yeah? yeah? Uh, that's, that's how it appears in the literature. <laughs> that's great. Good for you. I've not named mine yet. and, and my, no, By the way, uh-huh. nor has mine appeared in any literature, but I'm working on it. <laughs> Professor, that was really interesting uh, and, and, and a nice detour uh, from this, the news of the day. Thank you so much for being available to us. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for your interest. Jason Steffen is an astrophysicist. He's an associate professor of physics at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. My computer models are still being run, and we've yet to go into an airport hangar to test my my methodology. But, TC, to to, uh, calm your uh, uh, snickering, this is Tim in Fayetteville, Georgia. He happens to be a pilot. What, What is the greatest problem with boarding from your professional perspective? I think people are just allowed to bring too much stuff on, onto the airplane. I, and my example is I was in Greece recently on an Aegean flight where they only allow one carry-on item. An entire A320, that's about 100 in, I want to say 60 passengers, boarded in about 15 minutes with no drama. Right. That, I mean, that is the, that is the, the principle behind the Smirconish method. Yeah, it is. It's the opposite of the principle. No, you want get, you, no, 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 no. You want to bring everything on right. board. Captain we can't Tim, police it. We Captain can't police Tim it. wants you to bring nothing on We're board. We're not the Greeks. We're not the Greeks, okay? No, no, but you are using him as a... You're saying that he's proof. He's exactly opposite you. No. Captain Tim, please. I'm saying we can't rein, rein in the schemers in, the, in America. No. One bag. Yeah. That's it. That's true. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it very much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you, you've now heard from two different methodologies very of, scientific. How to, of how to board a flight. How do you like the Stefan method? How do you like the Smirconish method? Tell me, tell me which one you think is, uh, is more likely to, to, to bear fr- fruit. Or, or present your own method. Or present your own method. I mean, this is yeah. basically an exchange of ideas. Right. This is highbrow stuff. Right. Look, I'm, I'm the worst. I'm one of those people. TC has flown with me. Yes, that I, as yes, you're getting close yes, to I the have. boarding moment, I'm I'm one of the you know the pacers, the lurkers. Yeah, lurker. I, a lurker. I'm a lurker. I'm one who's just like lurking around, like ha ha ha. And I don't know what it is. I can't turn it off in me. I wish that I could. And then, unlike my wife, when I get into that seat, it's like 
Boom. You're fine. I'm done. You're fine. Meanwhile, she could care less about the pace of boarding, and then she's a white-knuckle flyer. Yeah. I'm asleep. <laughs> I've had that cocktail, and yeah, I'm you're down. you're fine. This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The Michael Smirconis Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Uh, Michelle, Atlanta, calling in to agree with one of the methods. Is it the Smirconish method or the Stefan method? I'm sorry, it's not your method. Your method sounds crazy. <laughs> but listen, I, I have been dying for a window seat first policy for years because I always pick the window seat. I pay for the window seat. I get to the seat, and there's always two assholes sitting there, totally settled in, and then they have to get up and get out, and I have to get in, and it holds up everything. Right. And um, I don't know if you saw this, but there's an article right today or yesterday. United Airlines is going to move to that to that model of Windows nice. first. Nice. Nice. Look, if everybody would play. Thank you, Michelle. If everybody would play by the rules, whatever the rules are today, we'd be fine. The problem is people don't play by the rules. And and the starting point that they don't play by the rules is the luggage everybody's gaming it. How many times do you see people who are carrying so much stuff and, and the gate agents, they don't want to be in the policing business. I watch the whole thing unfold and then it just spirals out of control and everybody imitates that way. Uh, and greetings in Colchester, Vermont. What are you thinking? So I fly mainly one airline and I agree with Michelle that the window seat should go first, but I take it a little bit further and that the airline shouldn't charge for the first checked bag. They should charge or not even allow anything more than a briefcase or a, or a purse or, you know, a backpack. Um, I think that would speed things up a lot. Do away with the overhead bins. 
and except for at the uh, exit roads where there isn't oh. any to put your shoes. Oh, so oh. Uh, wait a minute. I, I'm, I like, I think I like that. Do away with the overhead bin. And now, whatever you're bringing, it better fit under that seat or we're not going to let you keep it. Now, the question is, what are we doing with the additional space that we have just saved above us? Right? Okay, wait. The first caller, United Airlines is set to roll out a more efficient boarding process for its economy passengers later this month. It's not quite the Stefan method. It says that? But it takes some inspiration from that complex theory of the best way to board the plane. That is hysterical. With a new plan calling for those in window seats to get on first, followed by middle seats, and then those in the aisle. That is hysterical. They quoted our guy. Yeah, they did. Uh, Dave, you're in Las Vegas. Greetings. You're a pilot. All right. What, What do you think? Yes, sir. Well, the problem is no one polices what goes on. What should right. happen, in my opinion, after 38 years, is the TSA could enforce the bag. One bag, sir, that's all you're allowed past this point. And then the gate agents, no one have any drama. Getting in, you see, this guy's got four bags. He doesn't know where because he's got special elite membership that they allow more than one bag. So it's all, they got to police it. and It's got to be done right, at the, right before you get to the gates. Right, the back it uh, right. I get it. it. That's the problem. Yeah, back back it up to it when you first check in and go through security and now the airlines themselves I, I have to think through the the legality of that and the responsibility of the TSA, but that would put an end to it. Like when you come through the mags, your bag either fits or it doesn't and and they're not because right now of course it's not the TSA's business. They're just there to screen. Hi Caroline, you're in Iowa. What are you thinking? Oh, I just was reporting that I heard on the radio this morning that United Airlines was going with their new boarding policy of having, you know, first class would still board first, but then the um, window people in window seats would board next, and then middle and, and aisle. So do you remember? That's, that's do you? All I wanted to share. <laughs> thank you for that. Do you remember me sharing the, the the study that said that airplanes without a first class have less tension less violence less yeah you revolt. made you made this you made the mention that like when you walked by and saw the first class that right then that wouldn't make you angry no i i this was wait this is not me like just you know for shits and giggles this is for real now no i know there's it's a for study real, out there but you were trying to pass off that you weren't the one sitting in first class no i said i know how i feel as i walk down <laughs> that aisle right, and i look yes. left and right i'm like hey yes. i should be there yes that is what you said. Yes, and I'm saying it again. I don't. I have no idea what you're even talking about. Uh, Anne Marie, greetings. What did you most want to say on this subject? Hi. Good morning. Love both of you for years and years. So I'm glad Thank to you. talk to you finally. All right. um, I have less of a problem with the the boarding process and more of a problem with the deplaning process because it's a chaotic disaster. Everybody when you get is off. like running. Well, yeah. And you could be in row 10, and all of a sudden, you can't even get out of your row because the a-holes from the back of the plane have run up and blocked you. And right. that's where I would like to see the, the attendants like, actually have hmm. people file out one row at a time. I'm always sympathetic to the person who needs to catch a flight, and now they're in row 17, and nobody wants to give them the break to allow them to get to the front of the plane. I've been, I've been in that circumstance where an announcement has been made, and that they say there are some on this plane yeah. and who have, who have got to you know run for it, and please like give give them some slack. Hi, Barb, you're in Atlanta. Tell me that one thing you wanted to say. 
I like the concept of the Stefan method of uh, boarding the window seats first, but he did not seem to address the issue of flyers with priority status. I'm a two million miler, and nice. I don't usually fly first class, but I always have an aisle seat, which mm-hmm. sounds like I would never have room for my bag. So I agree with the caller that suggested that airlines quit charging for checked bags and instead only allow, as a pilot said, one carry-on instead of two or three. And I think that would, if people didn't have to pay to check a bag, they wouldn't need to carry so many on board. I don't know if it's the, I I don't know if, Thank you, Barb. Two millions, that's that's a lot. I don't know if, if it's the cost of checking the bag. I'm sure it's a combination of both. Or the fear that they're gonna lose it. I mean, do you remember do you remember what happened to me when oh, a, yes. a buddy of mine is getting married and my wife and I get on the plane and the plane never takes off? This was last spring, I think. And the plane never takes off, and now I've checked a bag. She said to me, why are you checking a bag? I checked a bag and now I go back to the airport and it took five hours for them to get the bag off the plane for the plane that never took off and get it back into my hands. And I said, I am never I'll go to FedEx. I'll go to FedEx. I'm never going to check a bag. Like I, you know, it's ridiculous. So it, it wasn't the money or it wouldn't be the money for me. It's stuff. It's, you need it's the, the stuff. fear. It's the fear that they're, they're just they're not capable of handling the luggage. Uh, that was fun. Nice, nice deviation. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 